Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, February 7th, 2023, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did. It was all over the news, but the size of a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon, it was around two school buses, and the balloon was popped by a missile launched by an American F-22 fighter jet. Jay, were you following the balloon and the attack on the balloon? Do you think it was handled properly? I've obviously been following it, not literally, but figuratively, like in the news, I've been following it. I guess that you probably could follow it too. Literally, I did follow it, and it does harken back to an episode of West Wing, season four, episode 20, I just looked it up, where a unmanned spy aircraft fell into Russian territory, and through diplomacy, the U.S. got it back. President Bartlett got it back, but I think his name was President McGoran, with the fake Russian president's name, was not too pleased. I can imagine that we, the U.S., is not too pleased this happened, although it did cross Canadian airspace as well. That's incredible West Wing memory. I vaguely remember that episode, but I definitely couldn't cite it to you. Here's a fun fact. Not not fun at all. It's just a fact. It's not fun. But the only deaths in the continental U.S. due to World War II was because the Japanese sent over a balloon with a bomb on it, and it killed six Americans. So balloons, let's not get too comfortable with them. I think it's probably good that we shot it down. Well, we've also learned over the past couple of days, this is not the first time that it's happened three or four times over the past three or four years. So something to literally keep your eye to the sky to think about. Brett, aside from balloons over the U.S. and a little bit of Canada, what do we have for peak pals today? So the Swiss may be going cashless for our second story, tracking software going mainstream. And for our last story, trip advisor trouble. Uh-oh. For our first story, Switzerland is going to have a referendum about whether the country should be allowed to go completely cashless. Sounds pretty controversial, Brett. What's going on? So Swiss voters will decide whether the government should be forced to keep a quote-unquote sufficient quantity of hard cash in circulation, even as digital payments gain currency. The petition was organized by the Free Switzerland Movement, a group that's worried about the government having too much information on how people spend their money. The cashless trend is big in Canada, too. Shoppers love the convenience of tapping their cards phones and smartwatches to pay at checkout and major retailers want to make sure they're giving them that option. Now, there are business benefits beyond efficiency. If you don't have cash, no one's going to rob you. The employees cannot take away the cash and defraud the store, or at least it's explained by one economics professor. The trend accelerated during the early part of the pandemic when people were worried that coronavirus could spread through touching shared services like cold hard cash. But the cashless trend annoys some small business owners who would rather go cash only to avoid digital transaction fees, and it threw threatens to exclude people who don't have easy access to financial services, such as remote communities and the homeless. The Free Switzerland Movement's concern about government surveillance, meanwhile, have been echoed in Canada after the federal government ordered banks to freeze the accounts of certain people who donated to last year's Freedom Convoy protests. And it matters because Canada is racing towards a cashless future, with banknotes and coins expected to make up just 3% of all transactions by 2025. But the Swiss referendum shows that there is a small but vocal resistance movement that could slow down the cashless for our second story, did you ever play I Spy when you were a kid? Well, now employees, well, they're playing it too. And their go-to prompt is I Spy with my little eye, someone who is slacking. You want to explain to the Peak Pals what's going on here, Jay? Sure. As workers hang on to work from home for dear life, employers are turning to tracking software, aka bossware or tattleware, to ensure workers aren't busy napping or doing laundry. But can I just say one thing? Doing laundry, you can work while you're doing laundry. Let me just say that. Totally. Like you take a call. A survey from 
last year found that 35% of Canadians work for an employer using tracking tools, while a study from Gartner projects that 70% of large employers will be using them by 2025. TimeCamp, one such software, saw requests for product demos almost double after it was used to nail a BC accountant for wage theft who was then ordered to repay her ex-employer. Now, in Canada, laws surrounding employee tracking software are still in the works. This past October, Ontario became the first province to legally require workplaces with 25 or more employees to disclose to workers if they are being electronically monitored. And here's why it matters, Brett. The rise of employee tracking software is indicative of growing tensions between workers and bosses caused by the work-from-home shift. Microsoft's most recent work trend index found that 85% of leaders feel that work-from-home makes it difficult to trust that their employees are being productive, a feeling known as productivity paranoia. And the lack of trust might actually feed into the lack of productivity. Research shows that less trusted an employee feels, the lower their desire to do their job. One study even found that employees who know they're monitored work slower, even just out of spite. So we've got to think of a name for that. To zoom out a bit, given this paranoia, it's no surprise that work from home jobs listings are disappearing faster than a rabbit in a magician's hat as more employers demand a full on return to the office. For our third story, have you heard of Le Nouveau de Luth? It's the hot new restaurant that's impossible to get a reservation in. And I mean that quite literally, Brett. Yeah, so here's what's happening. So TripAdvisor took down the listing for Le Nouveau de Luth. Sounds quite fancy when you say it. The platform's <laughs> top-ranked Montreal restaurant after a CBC investigation found that the eatery didn't actually exist. The fictitious establishment had 85 five-star reviews without a single negative word, which meant it could easily surpass real restaurants serving, you know, real customers. And the man behind the prank is comedian Charles Deschamps, who created the listing to expose the flaws of review-driven platforms and how they can be manipulated. It's not the first time a merry prankster has gamed TripAdvisor like this. In 2017, British journalist Uba Butler was able to get his fake restaurant called The Shed at Dulwich, also sounds kind of fancy, the number one ranking in all of London by writing fawning fake reviews. And these fake reviews matter because online reviews, they can't always be trusted. Hotels and restaurants pay people to write fake reviews on review platforms to boost their ratings. While fake reviews on Amazon are so widespread that sellers use them simply because everyone else does it. Yeah, platforms and regulators alike are cracking down on review manipulation. Both Amazon and Google are taking review scammers to court. Meanwhile, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission fined Fashion Nova last year for blocking negative reviews. But fake reviews still slip through the cracks in large numbers, which is bad news because, statistically speaking, humans aren't very good at spotting them. So buyer, or I guess in this case, diner, beware. Pig Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Peak Pals and Brett. Now I realize I have to return that gift card from Le Nouveau Duluth. I was going to take you there. I feel awful. <laughs> How kind. Well, look, it's the thought that counts. It sounded amazing yeah. online. So I guess we're going to have to return that. I'll find somewhere else to bring you. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay. Shockwave